When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 143 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Would you refer to yourself as an emotional eater? I think it's a really common label for many people, and it also is something that I see a lot in the media. I often see emotional eating as this horrible thing and this thing that really, it means we have no self-control if we do it. Well, I cannot wait to share with you my thoughts on this because I think there's a really important part of the emotional eating conversation that many, many people miss and that keeps them stuck in this one place on their food peace journey for years and years. And, you know, I want to help you kind of move along. You got your own pace, yet I don't want you to feel stuck forever. And there may be something like literally like right under your nose that can help you to move along and feel more at home in your own skin and feel more at ease with food. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses If you experience polycystic ovarian syndrome, you probably have been told you have to diet, you have to lose weight, blah, 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 right? I bet you are rolling your eyes right now because yes, that's all you're told to manage the condition. Well, I know that diets don't work for you because they don't work for most people. And if you have PCOS, I know that's all you're told to do, but what do you do if you know diets don't work? Well, that's kind of where I was when I first started helping people with PCOS And over the last many, many years, after helping like hundreds, I don't even know how many people now with PCOS to promote health and to feel more at home in their own skin and to not diet. Yes, there is a way to do it. I have a 12-step system that I would love to share with you. And I put all of it in a course that is self-guided that you can take with you and have access to forever. You can get to all the details at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. I also train other registered dietitians to do the same with their clients. 
and it includes 20 continuing education units. You can get to all the details for that one at pcosandfoodpeace.com slash dietitians. Before we go on to the letter, I have a new segment in the Love Food Podcast, and it features products that I think you probably aren't hearing about, and they're really exciting products because they are products that are fat positive, weight inclusive, non-diet, and I totally trust. So I wanted to share with you today one called the Body Love Box. So I think like many of us, I've been intrigued with these subscription boxes that many people seem to be selling and they seem really interesting. I don't know if it's just like the Instagram glow that some <laughs> some products have, but I've seen a lot of them and I've, I've really wanted to try them out because they seem like fun. And almost all that I have found have been some way just either fat phobic or I don't know, include things like cellulite creams and other like really when you peel back the layers are just like another way to hate yourself. And I don't want to support that. I was really excited to hear about the Body Love Box because it's different. It looks like a fantastic resource for people who live in large bodies or anyone who wants to improve their body image. It's a monthly subscription box that gets mailed to your house and includes things like body positive stickers and pins, as well as deeper resources on body acceptance, health at every size, and intuitive eating. I love that each box includes items from fat and marginalized creators and pays them a living wage for their work. Just for Love Food listeners, you get a special coupon code for 15% off. I love this. The monthly subscription information is found at thebodylovebox.com and use the code LOVEFOOD, all one word, for 15% off your first month. All right, one last thing before we get to the letter. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would totally appreciate if you shared the episode with someone who you think could benefit from really digging deeper and finding out this different thing about emotional eating. Is there anyone that you know who could benefit from feeling more at home in their own skin? I feel like everyone should have access to that. And if you share an episode, it's one of the ways that Apple Podcasts in their algorithm, that is just totally a mystery to all of us, but it's one of the ways that we know helps the show grow and helps more people find the show. So thank you in advance for that. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware, it's a thing that is around the corner for you. 
So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dear Food, I'm 32 and I've only just started listening to my thoughts, emotions, and how my eating patterns are affected. If I'm not feeling good enough, when I'm dumped by a boyfriend, ignored, or shut out by a person, then I binge eat. I'm so sad that I go straight for the whole tub of ice cream and a whole bag of chips, etc., etc. If I'm worried or stressed, then I have no appetite and forget, or I just cannot physically eat. I would love to take charge of my emotional eating as it causes me to feel sluggish, heavy. I don't know why I do it because it doesn't make me feel better. I would really like to take control of my emotional eating. As I understand it, I have to tackle my emotional connection to food, which is triggered by not eating enough. I am new to this and I look forward to learning more about other people's journeys, which will support me on my own. Many thanks. A Trapped Emotional Eater. Hey there, letter writer. Thanks for your note. And I am so excited to dive into what you're bringing up here. Emotional eating is something that so many people can relate to. And I hope this feels okay to say, but I think a lot of people are kind of connecting the dots with it incorrectly. And they're putting lots of shame on it and that it needs to be controlled, just like you said. I want to share some thoughts I have with you about it. Some of them come from really sitting across from other people who are sitting with emotions and coping with emotions with food, just like you described. After 20 years, there's this like really amazing perspective that comes with the privilege of sitting in that chair across from someone else in their pain and in their struggle. And I hope it helps to sort of be a catalyst if that's what you're looking for and also gives you the perspective that you mentioned in your letter too. You know, knowing what other people have done and just knowing other people have been down this road before, I appreciate how that makes things just have more ease with them. So as I help someone along their food peace journey, I've been able to grasp that there's some steps to it or maybe not linear type of steps. I always want to say that word, but I think it's really just kind of layers to it. And sometimes the layers need to be relayed down as time goes on. Um, But I kind of see these layers happening in a certain kind of order. And the first one is respect. It's when a person, whether they're ready to or not, acknowledges that diets haven't worked for them and that it's time to try something different. And even if it's temporary to move away from dieting, the second one is release when it's acknowledging that diets didn't work for 
you and me, because they don't work for most people. And wow, that's really shitty. That's not my fault. That's diet culture's fault. That's all these oppressive systems like the patriarch, um, white supremacy, big systems that are not meant to be on your shoulders, that they're really systems and um, they're harmful and it's going to take all of us joined together to, to dismantle them. But putting that anger instead of inside of all of us and putting it where it goes, like releasing that. And then the third and fourth step is where I see you are, letter writer, and anyone who can identify with this experience. The third step is repair. And what repair means to me is the act of permission and noticing and trying really hard to be compassionately curious about what's going on, noticing the patterns, noticing that food helps soothe. I heard you say that in that letter, that food helps me cope with life transitions. It helps me cope with hurt. And in the moment, it it does that. And then also when times are stressful, not eating is just not an option. You know, it's just not something you can bring yourself to do. And um, those both are helping with these tough, tough feelings. The third step after repair after doing all that noticing and gathering data, you know, that's how I kind of think of it as a clinician. Then I see people starting to rewire, to rewire their brain and the, the pathways that they have to relating to feelings and food and their body and diets and thinness, like rewiring all of those um, hard wiring that we basically have experienced living in this fat phobic world. And for you, letter writer, I kind of see that you're in both, or you're kind of in between those. I don't want to say both, but like you're kind of in the place in between those. And as I say that, I'm like, mm, maybe it's even more that you're still in a place needing to do repair work and you're judging that you're not rewiring it yet, that you're not finding a way to cope with emotions outside of food. And so my suggestion to you is to give yourself the gift of time, which I appreciate that sounds kind of cheesy. And the word gift, I think also can be, um, I don't know, shamey in a sense, which I, it's sounds kind of ironic, but it can be kind of shamey for many people. So I hope it's not for you listener, but that, that space that, um, of like, let's let this take some more time. Let me gather some more data. I appreciate the world maybe putting pressure on you to hurry up and fix it. Maybe a doctor is telling you in order to get a procedure done, you need to lose weight, or maybe you have family that say they're concerned about your health or something like that, that's making you feel the pressure to hurry up and fix it. But that kind of pressure, I see only backfiring with the clients that I work with. And this is a time where many people find working with a therapist or a dietitian can be really helpful because... It's going to be a lot easier for someone sitting across from you hearing about what you're working through to give you that perspective and to give you the patterns and also to verbally give you permission to do the work you need to do in order to heal and to not rush it. So if you have access to someone that can help, I hope that's something that you can connect with and you may find that just gives you more ease in the process. And also helps you to better identify these patterns and um, and a way and basically a mantra to give yourself permission to do this work. 
And what you'll find is as you have that, having that permission, that unconditional permission to eat, which is that phrase, unconditional permission to eat, that comes from intuitive eating by Evelyn Triboli and Lise Rush. It's not until I see my clients really having that unconditional permission to eat, do they find ways outside of food to cope with anything that just feels hard to tolerate. And it may not be just grief or anger or these tough emotions. It can also be when life feels exciting and happy. It could be just emotions in general or feelings in general. There's a sticky part to this too that I want to just name is so, so important that I think most people that I like read about on social media and things like that aren't really connecting with. Emotional eating is normal eating. I don't expect any person to never emotionally eat again. Like we're all going to emotionally eat. And if you don't emotionally eat, sometimes I think that is pathological. I think that's rooted in uh, rigidity that I think is not health promoting. And so I don't want you to eliminate emotional eating because if you go to a wedding and there's wedding cake and you may not be hungry, you're probably going to eat the wedding cake. I know when um, my, my grandmother was still alive and she made all her Polish food that I never got a chance to have, I would eat it anyway because oh, so lovely to see her smile on her face, whether I liked the food or not. And of course, I, I loved most of it. And it was important to eat it because I wanted to connect with her. And um, so emotional eating in those situations may seem kind of easy, but also there's times where food is the ultimate soother. And it's okay to be okay with that, you know? And it's something that is readily available. We can just open the pantry and we can distract. We can check out. We can numb. We can soothe. We can feel better. And it's important in order for us to have a place of peace with food to be okay with emotionally eating. And in your letter, you mentioned that it makes you feel like sluggish and Maybe it gives you a headache. I have some people who tell me that. Or it's not really helping to solve a problem that maybe you're yearning for. And that's when finding other ways to experience feelings will be helpful. But here's the catch. You can't eliminate emotional eating because it's just, you're not a robot. Um, So it's still going to be there. So what I would assume is that there's probably going to be judgment whenever there is emotional eating from that diet culture kind of mind or that wiring that's like, oh, you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it wrong. So keep that in mind. And the only way that I've been able to see other people move through to the next stage of rewiring and then reconnecting the fourth and fifth stages of the food peace journey is... They have to find a place where they have that permission to emotionally eat. And then at the same time, finding other ways or other means to experiencing feelings. So it may be finding other ways to disconnect or soothe. It may also be finding a greater range of tolerance or more stamina with certain feelings and kind of knowing where that line is drawn, you know, where maybe you can tolerate certain feelings for a certain length of time, but after that, you're going to need something else. So um, it gets kind of messy in all this. It's not clear. It's black and it's not black and white. Rather, it's very gray. And 
there's a part of recovering from this process from diet culture. Maybe if you experience binge eating with this or restriction, that's the type of emotional eating that you would connect in this process. You know, there's a messy part of it in that it isn't something that just changes overnight. Usually people that I talk to find that they need someone else to let them know, hey, things are changing. They're moving in the direction you want to go. Progress is happening because when we're in the moment in the throes of a tough transition or experience or feeling, and we notice ourselves coping with food or coping with now eating, it can be hard to acknowledge that, hey, this hasn't happened as often as it used to. I haven't had to go to food in this way in a long time. Or, wow, I noticed that I could be in the throes of disconnecting with food and I'm not disconnected as long before I come back to a grounded state and not as much food is consumed in that time. What I'm saying is it's really important to be compassionate when things happen, but then also to get used to taking a step back and noticing how much it's not happening anymore, how much food is not used in that way anymore, and how you're adding more to your toolbox to help just live your life, to cope with whatever happens, to cope with any marginalization or oppression, or um, to be better at feeling, you know, finding that stamina with feeling. So letter writer, I hope this helps. And I hope it gives you just some more ways, again, to step back and to notice how far you've come. I think it's important sometimes to, to look back and to see that, to see how things have changed, how you've made progress in already this very short time. I see food has written back. Before we get to what food has to say, this episode of a Love Food Podcast was brought to you by the PCOS and Food Peace courses. You can get to them at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food Podcast, I would love for you to leave me a rating, a review, to subscribe, or to share the episode. Doing any of those small acts of kindness really helps the show grow. It helps more people find the show, which is just really important because I think, and I have a feeling you do too, everyone deserves to feel at home in their own skin today. So let's help more people find the show. Thank you in advance for doing that for me. All right, let's hear what food has to say. And until next time, take care. Dear Trapped Emotional Eater, we appreciate how much you are doing to try and make amends. We've been down some rocky roads and probably will for a while longer. We hope you practice self-compassion as you take a step back and honor how you've survived. Give yourself permission to find what helps and what doesn't. Permission and perspective will give you the roadmap that will lead you the direction you crave. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.